Gen Nation, Ken and Kim here, bring you another Fantasy Golf Journalist podcast this week for the AT&T Pebble Beach program. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? <laughs> Not as usual. Last week, you weren't here. You left us high and dry, Kenny, but that's okay. You're alive and kicking. We know you were hiding something. We talked about it last week. The week before, we had the photo. Couldn't see your face. I'm guessing hickeys, rashes. I don't know what it was last week. You think that would make- stop me? You think that would stop me? <laughs> I, I, I wear them proudly. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know. I, I know. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's good to be back with you, man. Baroff filled in last week. Did an incredible job. We'll talk more about it when we get to the, the recap of the event, but had some good picks there. As always, literally every time Baroff comes on, we end up with some great plays down the stretch, some good fades, some nice, you know, Taylor Pendrith down low. He liked them. I liked them too. That made a lot of sense. It worked out. Couple other guys too, but before we get into it, want to remind everyone very quickly: this podcast show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. We'll have a great offer later. It pertains to the Super Bowl, so stick around for that. And then, of course, our friends over at Fantasy National, fantasynational.com/fgd. Get yourself twenty percent off your first payment, any package to use the stats that we use. Kenny, Luke List, man, the guy got it done. Our guy over at Tour Junkies, man, DB. All those guys are so cool. Just to see him. Freak out. I know he was apologizing for it on Twitter. Do not apologize for that. That was an incredible time. I know that they've been on him for a long time. We've talked about him. Everybody in this space has talked about Luke List getting the W for a long time. Man, it was incredible to watch. You love to see that. Someone that just grinded so hard. He went over and hugged his family and got involved with them before even going and shaking the hand of Zalatoris. Not a slight against him. Just that's how much it means, right? They talk all the time how hard it is to win out on tour. It's just that wave of emotion And then, of course, we'll talk about Zalatoris. He looked a little tight-lipped, clenched jaw, teary-eyed, actually, walking off the green. I'll maybe post a picture out later. I had to screen share it. Someone said, no way, he was crying. I don't know, man. It was a big loss for him. It looked sad down the stretch, and it definitely didn't work out with those two putts at the end. But what were your thoughts on the event? Yeah, well, first off, I apologize for missing last week. I had to battle a little bit of food poisoning. Uh, which is I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah, it was real. Uh, I actually probably had. I think I had some bad shrimp. I went to a, I got a wing place delivery and I ordered some shrimp from a wing place. Probably not the best idea. I've had that before. Uh, and so, so I missed that and it sucked because, you know, I had all this stuff planned uh, for, for last week's pot, you know, meatloaf died. Uh, one of my, you know, a great artist. I, I'll tell a story before we get into uh, uh, everything that's going down. But uh, so the, I was 12 years old. First kiss I ever had. Uh, I was 12 years old. Stacy Nam. Okay, again, uh, it was a Bible study class for my for my parents. Uh, we they used to go to people's houses and do Bible study and stuff during the week. They were pretty religious back in the day, uh, and so you know I went over to the house and there, you know one of the girls from the church was there. Again, if you've heard previous stories, a lot of early teenage sexual encounters at church or church related activities. So I'm probably going to hell. Sorry, God, I apologize. Not really. It was fun, uh, but it, first kiss. It was uh, Stacy Nam. It was in her bedroom. Um, you know, all her parents and were, all parents downstairs doing Bible study. And we were listening to Bat Out of Hell 2. Um, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Uh, so first kiss, first titty feel. You never forget the first titty feel. I mean, uh, that's something that just, just rides with you for the rest of your life. So, I mean, they weren't that big. She was like 12 years old. Mine too. But still, I touched a titty and it was great. It was spectacular. Uh, when you're 12 years old. So so th- that was my meatloaf story. But yeah, let's go back to Luke List. Um, luckily, I got him on Thursday night um, at 40 to 1. 
Uh, I, I got them on, uh, you know, on, on these type of courses where you play multiple courses and one is significantly harder than the other, or one is significantly harder than the other three. Pretty good time for live type bets. Uh, I think these three weeks, you know, I, I sort of put a little bit more out, saved a little bit for the live betting part because, you know, the books can get stuff wrong. It's a little bit confusing. The courses they play, how easy it is. I mean, two weeks ago uh, when Swafford won, I actually had, uh, I, think it was, I think it was Brian Harmon. They had him at a thousand to one uh, on Friday. Uh, I think or Friday or Saturday, he was five strokes back and he was a thousand to one. Uh, I think he finished in second place, second or third. Uh, so that, I missed that. I don't know. That would have been nice. But I think when it comes to these type of events with multiple courses, I think you can look, try to take advantage of some numbers uh, live. So I, I sort of put a little bit off there. It was a great win. I mean, the dude came out, a couple of baller shots on 18, really good putts. Uh, you know, he had like an hour and a half break. Uh, to wait for everyone to finish. He wasn't, like you said, he wasn't eating a sandwich with Sergio. Uh, no, like me, he was not he, on the picnic bench he, he, eating, he was, he was eating nachos. He was missing two footers on the practice screen <laughs> is what so he good. was doing, is what he was doing. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know. But, you know, luckily he made it. Uh, I thought Will's Outdoors' putt on 18 before the playoff was going in. It looked like it hit something and just bounced 45 degrees to the left. Uh, which sucks for him. He played really well. Willie Z was one of my cash game cornerstones uh, last week. I had List as one of my, my favorite play in the 7K range, and I had Rom as my favorite play in the 10K range. So I had the, and I had M as my favorite play in the 9K range. Uh, so if you were if you're a member of Gump's Corner, uh, you know you saw it. He probably had a pretty good week. Uh, so I uh, it, I mean we all saw we the thing about it is you see this with so many guys who are team no putt, they, they can go off for one week. We, we said this a million times. That why, that's why we bet so many ball strikers who, you know, Keegan Bradley's of the world and, and uh, Kyle Stanley's of the world. I don't know if it's ever going to happen for him, but, uh, you know, that's why we're on these guys because he can just get lucky. He was, I think, first or second the first three days putting. Uh, he dropped to eighth on the last day, which is not surprising, but he did just enough. Uh, to get the, that win and a great victory for Luke List. And, you know, maybe Pat, Pat Mayo won some of his money back on all those Luke List bets he lost on. Yeah. Yeah. I think he said he's still down over 100,000. But yeah, that's one <laughs> of those situations we've had it, you know, guys with Answer last year with Finau forever, right? After that first win at the Puerto Rico Open, which nobody was really on back then, and of course. And then following him all the way to go all the way to the playoffs this year and get a win there. But just looking at the board, I mean, the, the Zalatoris thing is interesting. There's a reason. We've talked about this in the past. Baroff brought it up again last week. Him and I have talked about it before. But, like, one win ever. The Corn Ferry Tour, TPC Colorado back in 2020, this is his downfall. It's like you said. You chase these guys. I think it's a bit different. I don't know. I know he was there at the Masters, came second. He has some other good results and whatnot. I'm not a Willie Z hater by any means. I'm just saying, like, the you know, he's definitely not a closer. It, it hasn't worked. He's been always top five. But fifth, second, fourth, tenth, ninth, that, and golf's hard. I get it. So have all these other guys, but like certain guys are different. Look overseas. Victor Hovland finds another W, right? This was the same situation. We've seen it with Morikawa. It's when they turn it on, it's lights out for the whole field and they close. That's what we've seen. That's what happened again, Hovland. I like what you said too about the come from behind victory here. Like we knew that was possible. It was always the thing. It's always the thing at that course where you, you see it happen. Uh, especially on the South course. So you look at it from in general, you know, taking a guy back like you did with list. Uh, you'll see it again this week. I think we'll talk about it more when we get into it. The betting board is ugly. 
I'll talk about that up front. I guess we'll do bets later, but like I said today, I'll get your thoughts now. Zalatoris, 18 to one wins. I don't care. I really like you can, anybody can have that. I think if you, if you're betting that, even you put a hundred bucks on it, not putting anything against $1,800, but you, you win that you obviously have more than just that bet for the week. You've got other bets out on the table. So let's say you're in for 200. He hits, it's like, you know, it's almost like nine to one that you got a Zalatoris win. Like, I, I don't care about that. So I, I hope it, no one took the tweet the wrong way, but someone said, oh, this, that, and the other, like, I'm not going to bet Cantlay at eight to one. I'm not saying do that instead. I'm just saying this is why I would bet bombs in play. There's a couple guys. I got two guys in sort of that 40 to 50 range later that I'm interested in, but just thinking in general here, Kenny, this is a spot where we've seen TPJ, Ted Potter Jr. We've seen Nick Taylor, 200 to one. Like, I'm all about betting these bombs and guys 100 to one or, you know, higher. That way we can have some shots that way and then just save some for in play versus if these guys beat you, the Tringali 30 to one, the Mav at 28. Like I can see why people want to go with that one because they don't want to miss out. But are you really missing out a 28 to one Mav? I don't know. It's teach their own. For me, we've seen it in the past. Russell Henley, the Shell Houston Open that year, he was 33 to one. He, he put it in all of our face. Everyone said, I'm not betting that number on this guy here. He never wins, never gets the job done goes and ships it at 33 to one. I feel the same about that here. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think the live betting is the way to go for the majority of the thing. I do have four bets this week, but I mean, um, you know, it's, 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 and a top 40 bet that I do like uh, that I'll probably say on the pod later. But I mean, I think a lot of, I, one thing I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to do is I think I'm going to switch more of my money onto the betting. Um, you know, I, I put about $500 a week uh, in betting and draft games. And I, it's usually 400 to a hundred. Uh, draft keys. I think I'm going to drop that down to about 350 to 150 uh, just because I feel like, I don't know, you, you guys know I've had well, 17 runner-ups in the last 60 events or something like that. And I, you know, I've had, you know, five outrights and a couple of live bets uh, that, I, that I've hit. Um, I, I just think, you know, how easily that could have turned around and just been a huge year. Uh, for me when it comes to the betting aspect. I just think DraftKings is getting a little bit tough. Uh, it, it's, it's tough out there on the streets, uh, especially if you, if you don't have the bankroll to play those really high dollar, low uh, entry type things. That's the way to go in DraftKings. The way you do it, Tambo, I think is, is, is the best way to go. Playing those high dollar, uh, low entry type contests, uh, it really makes it, uh, uh, um, I wouldn't say easier, but better chances uh, of winning and making your money back. I don't have that bankroll, so I have to play the five dollars, the three dollar, the one dollar in cash. Uh, and so, you know, I, I can't afford to lose more than five hundred dollars a week. It's just not in my budget. Uh, and so, so it makes it a little bit tougher. And I think I could do better in the gambling aspect. And I think when it comes to this week with multiple courses, the live betting is important because you're gonna, like I said, you're gonna be able to catch these numbers from the books, and you're gonna be able to have a sweat. Uh, so I think, you know, anytime the, this three week session of the year, uh, I think you, you saved, you know, a third, uh, half, half to a quarter of your bankroll that you bet on for the live bets. I think that's the way to go. And speaking of Willie Z, um, the thing you got to remember about him, I think he's 25 years old. Um, he sort of had a late start, uh, prior to, I guess, you know, 2020, no one really knew who he was. He wasn't that big time golfer he wasn't a big name someone rising up now in the last three years his game has been really really strong on a corn ferry he had that win a bunch of top fives bunch of top tens bunch of top fives bunch of top tens on the pga tour uh i think he just might be a little bit of a later bloomer uh, i think you can see him starting to come around 
you know, I think once he gets that win, that win, I think it's going to come. Uh, it, it might, you know, roll downhill for him. Uh, but until then, it's, I, I think he's going to struggle in, in, in places like this where he has a lead because he's just not that familiar with it. Uh, and he hasn't, he doesn't have that, 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 I don't, I don't know what the word is, but he wasn't, he wasn't as touted, uh, you know, growing up. He wasn't that big name player. Like you got to remember Spieth had 11 wins by the time he was out towards his age. JT had nine wins by the time he was out towards his age. So, I mean, Zalatoris is, I think, a late start. You see him in his late 20s. If he, When he's still on the tour, I think he'll, he'll be fine. I just think it's going to take him a little bit more time than people think. Yeah, I think it's harder for him. I think you brought up a good point. It's not like the guy's bad. I'm All, no. I, all I was hating on today, someone said it, and I finally had to t- just reply back. I said, look, this is not a blame someone or bad number. It, it, the whole point was it was a, I don't care if Willie Z wins at 18 to 1 tweet. That doesn't bother me. What to your point that you just brought up, the guy's still whipping that ass out there. Like he's way better than Ricky Fowler or any of these guys out there right now. The talent level is incredible. The guy's just in, you know, down the stretch. It was a lot better this week. One putt wrong way could have won the tournament. I'm just saying I'm not chasing that going into this week. And look, the field adjusted because the field strength is obviously much weaker here. Everyone's over playing in the Saudi. We've got all these situational things going on. I'm just saying I don't care if that number hits. I'll, I'll do like you said. I'll bet some bigger numbers, some bombs, wait for in play, look for options around that. The guy is still playing some incredible golf and played awesome. The funniest part was about that playoff. Couldn't have you know keyed it up any better. Spider-Man pointing GIF said right before it started, and then the two of them literally go inches apart in the bunker to start the playoff. They go into the fairway in sort of the same situation, and Luke List, did what, you know, Benny, I think Benny Ann said it best. Benny Ann said, uh, you know, that's what, that's the epitome of what you do when you suck at putting, put it close enough that it doesn't matter. And that's what Luke List did tap in. And then of course, walked up and tapped it in, in Zalatoris's face to say like, you go make the putt. I'm done. I win if you miss. And of course that's what ended up happening, which was nice to see. So overall good event. I mean, Jason day coming back, Rom doing his thing again, playing absolutely horrible and still coming Second by one stroke, had a chance to get the job done on 17-18 down the stretch. Neiman, M, some of these guys, Rose, but Rose and Day sort of battling back. Some made sense. Siwoo was in the mix. Billy Horschel, like some of the names that we were used to seeing. But any other thoughts on this tournament in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I did like the Wednesday through Saturday. It was a fun oh, watch yeah. uh, to do it and watching on a Saturday. Uh, I hope the PGA Tour thinks about doing that a little bit more during the football season. It was great. Uh, didn't have to compete with anything. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was you know, exciting TV. Uh, I don't know about the ratings yet. I haven't seen them, but I would think that they would be up uh, for a typical final round competing against the NFC championship, you know? Uh, so, so I did like that. It was a fun watch. It was, it was nice seeing Luke finally win. Uh, and uh, you know, it was nice seeing all the stuff with his family and, you know, and it was, it was a good tournament to watch. It was fun. Yeah. I'm excited about this one too, but the last week was still like six, sort of the first real deal with the two, two day event, cut event. And then getting the Wednesday to Saturday, you brought up a good point. The only thought was that I had, and I know you talked a little bit about it with others on Twitter and different things like that, but I didn't think, I don't care about the college thing. Cause I think you brought up a good point. Like it's not the same network versus golf channel, but at the same time, what about the fan experience or I guess the fan ability of getting to the event Wednesday versus losing a Sunday where people can, you know, obviously have the day off usually or the ability to get there on a Sunday versus a Wednesday. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, that's true. I, I don't think it's going to happen that much, but I think maybe just during this week, every year, it's a smart move Yeah, uh, because I mean, you only, because you know, you have football NFL for the early 
part of January too on Saturday. So it probably still wouldn't work, but uh, yeah, I, I was a fan of it. It was fun to watch and uh, it, it was a good event and it was, it was a nice little moneymaker, especially I had a great week in football too. I had took the, the underdogs, you know, parlay. Uh, it was nice. I, so I, it was a good betting week uh, once again. All right. So let's go ahead and get to the listener league for this week. Oh, uh, one thing before listening, I think I've won every single three man this year so far, Tamil. Yeah, it's been bad. I know that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've won every single three man so far this year. Just letting you guys know out there uh, in the fantasy golf degenerate nation uh, that I've been taking Tambo down week in and week out. Uh, also, so, let's go, so let's go ahead and get to this listener league. The winner was an Lion Eye Bob, 1977. The, the name sounds familiar. Uh, I, I don't know if he's won before, but I know he's played in a bunch of our events. Um, uh, I'm not sure what his avatar is. It looks like a Civil War soldier. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> he, he had Will Zaltoris, of course, 22% owned, came in second place. Mark Leishman, who I was a fan of last week. I think he's going to come up here and have a win this season and probably here soon. Uh, 11% owned, finished in 16th. Maverick McNeely. Uh, 17%. Uh, he finished in 30th, but he did outscore Mark Leishman by seven points. Um, Luke List, the winner, uh, he had 30%. Great job, DJ Nation. Justin Rose, uh, who had a really, really good week, except I know he hurt you uh, a little bit last week. Uh, he came in six with that water ball on 18, 19% on, and Ryan Palmer came in 16th. I think he hit the water too, right? Uh, 25% owned uh, also. So what do you think of the lineup? Love the lineup. Congrats to Ilni Bob, 1977. I do like that. It's a bear-off type lineup, and that's why some of these guys are in mine as well. Him and I talked through it. It was sort of a first thoughts lineup. He brought up my spot, and he had the same thing. Luckily, he still pulled it off in this tournament. But the thing was, and that's the challenge with the course, right? The south course is so nice. Love seeing it, you know, championship type course. You're going out there. But on 18, it's the risk versus reward, and both Palmer and and Rose had a chance. They were sort of in the mix. They got to go for it. What happens when they go for it? They both find the water. For Rose, it blew up his bogey-free day. He was uh, bogey-free through 17, chance to make just a birdie would have been fine. Get in with the 15 under. Instead, he goes for the bogey, 13 under, T6. You lose the position points, the bogey-free round, and the opportunity at what could have been, would have been the playoff, right? So going for it there really hurt him. And then you've got, uh, but at that time, even like you said earlier, Luke List wasn't eating no sandwich or eating no tacos, but he was definitely warming up for a long time. Like, I don't even think he knew there was going to be a playoff the way things shook out. He was just staying ready for it in case. And then Palmer, same thing. It was the all four under 70. I think it was uh, two under going in and then ended up just blowing up on that hole and blew that up as well. So they still put up good scores. And overall, the lineup was nice. I like the setup of two 9Ks, two 8Ks, two 7Ks sort of staying away from Bramlett down low, who had a good week as the chalk until he didn't on Sunday and blew up completely six over on Sunday for him. Some other guys in the 6K range came through, but just in general, this was still a really nice build overall. And then some of the regulars, right? Gas Boat, USC Biggie, Gore 49er, Winnie Boom Boom, all these guys up there on the leaderboard again. So awesome to see. Uh, We did fill it up which was awesome. I remembered, I forgot to check that this morning, but I know it got out late last week, or I guess it was because DraftKings obviously didn't have, they weren't, I didn't think they were going to adapt because of the shorter week. They still had football going on and all that crazy stuff, but nice to see the listener league fill up. We'll see if we can keep filling it up quick and early. So hop in there. If you haven't three entry max, $5 buy-in, see if we can get it bigger for by the time, maybe the players, or if not the masters, something big comes around. Maybe we can get it a little bit bigger for sure. 
Sounds good. Congrats to the line on Bob. We will see you in the three-man this week, which I expect to win for the fifth time again this year. All right, so let's go ahead and get to this week. The PGA Tour it heads a little bit up the coast uh, to, Calif- uh, to Northern California this week as players get prepared to play the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, three different courses this week, Pebble Beach Golf Links, Monterey Peninsula Shore Course, and Spyglass Country Club, another event where the cut won't be till after Saturday, but it is only top 60 in ties this week that make the cut. Uh, you know, uh, as the name suggests, it's a pro-am. Golfers are going to be paired uh, for at least the first three rounds. Uh, I think it's all four rounds, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think it is all four rounds with their AMs if they make the cut. Uh, you know, six-hour rounds, pretty normal, pretty important aspect fantasy-wise. Uh, let's just talk about one golfer uh, that, that this really affects. I mean, if you think about it, you look at it, Kevin Streelman. Uh, he plays with Larry Fitzgerald every year. Okay, uh, they've been playing since 2017. They won in 2018. Um, you know, they're they're, co- they're comfortable with each, with each other. Larry Fitzgerald's a competitive athlete. Uh, they want to win that pro am. I think that helps Kevin Streelman out. And when you look at his results, you can see you know pretty solid finishes here. He's uh, a pretty good so, golfer too, Fitzgerald. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's playing like some celebrity tour events uh, out there. That's what I'm saying. He's a good golfer. Uh, it makes it easier for him. And Kevin's not out there playing with some bum. Uh, who sucks, who's just going to get TV time, Larry the Cable Guy or Ray Romano or you know, somebody like that who's out there just for a laugh, you know. Uh, these guys are dead serious uh, the whole time. Uh, so, yeah, that's something to take a peek at uh, when you when you look at this type of event. Uh, you know, and I think that's why I'm actually – if you've noticed me, you know, throughout the years, I used to be a big course history guy, and I guess in the last year and a half, I've sort of come down on that. Uh, I haven't relied on it as much as I normally did in the past, but this course is different for me. I, I it's, I'm big on course history uh, for this event specifically, um, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the program and also this type of course, only one maiden winner since 1950, uh, 10 of the last 13 winners have had a top 10 at this course or at this event in one of the three prior events leading up to their win. Uh, so, you know, a lot of things can happen at this course. Weather, also a big factor. It is a shoreline course. Uh, you know, usually um, Spyglass will play the most difficult. Uh, Pebble second, Monterey third. But if the wind picks up, Pebble becomes the hardest. So that's something that you have to think about when you do showdown uh, once again this week. All right, so Pebble Beach, 68, 6,900-yard, 6, par 72, four par threes, four par fives. Two of the par fives are reachable by everybody. Uh, one won't be reachable by almost nobody. It's 14. And one is reachable by the long hitters, number 18. It hugs the coastline, breathtaking views, beautiful course. Off the tee, the golfers are going to see fairways that are above average in size, bunkers, garden, landing zones. Uh, it is a program, so I don't expect the rough to be, you know, crazy high. Uh, but a lot of the rough around the fairways aren't evenly mowed, which could lead to tricky lies when fairways are missed. Uh, if golf is wildly off the tee, OB comes into play. Nearly half the holes sit alongside the Pacific Ocean. Uh, on approach shots, golfers are going to see real tiny greens, just a little bit of slope and undulation. Uh, the greens usually aren't crazy fast here, around 10 and a half uh, on the stem. Lots of bunkers around the greens, lots of false fronts, and then they're going to have to deal with the bumpy Poa greens. Uh, Spyglass, 7,000-yard par 72, four par threes, four par fives. All the par fives reachable in two uh, by most golfers. Plus 17 is a reachable par four. Uh, like I said, the most difficult course of the three in the week, unless there is wind. 
Uh, the first five holes are played among the coastal sand dunes, but after the fifth, it goes sort of inland, so the wind won't affect it that much. It's still a difficult course, but, it, you know, it, lots of trees, more inland. So if it is windy. It is going to probably play as a second uh, most difficult course. Uh, many more trees, like I said. Uh, off the tee, average size fairways, just a few fairway bunkers. Uh, if golfers are wild, they have to deal with a lot of trees, some water, uh, larger greens than Pebble Beach, but the greens have much more slope. And undulation. I think that's why it'll make this a little bit more difficult. Monterey, the easiest course, 69, 50 uh, yards, par 71, five par threes, four par fives. Uh, easiest out of the three courses. The fairway is above average in size. Greens are the largest in the three courses. There's going to be bunkers, sand dunes in the ocean. Uh, they'll be in play uh, for the whole week. And, you know, when it comes to this type of course, 70% of all drives land on the fairway. And I think that's Every all three courses, it could just be pebble, but I think that's all three courses. So, a lot of driver in the bag, uh, leaving a driver in the bag, less the driver off the tee. That's probably what you're going to go see this week. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers? Yeah, a lot of what you said, you know, the setup shot is key, right? They're setting, they're putting it out there, getting to the spot they want. So, these wedges come into play 100 to 125 approach game, second shot course around the green game because it is the tiny green. So if they're missing, going to have to have some good scrambling or around the green stuff. I, I think that's the main thing. I know you're going to talk a little bit about course history. You talked about Streelman already. Uh, this one may be more so than most courses. Obviously, we've got ones like Augusta and certain others, but this is definitely the spot where you're going to want to bring that into play. And then the POA putting. In general, you talked a little bit about the patience levels. Streelman being out there with Fitzgerald, very comfortable, not a big deal. Taylor Gooch, not here this week. We talked about him at the uh, the Amex a couple weeks ago. Was not very patient, was not happy with it, and he's not here. Uh, Rom doesn't like the uh, amateur setups, but uh, that was to be expected. He wasn't going to be here anyway. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. The one guy we talked enough about him probably, but Zalatoris, uh, usually does play pretty fast. So that's another factor to look at as well. And then you think about him, maybe it'll help him. Maybe he slows down, takes a little bit more time with those putts, with all the, he'll be able to read them a little bit longer as he watches amateurs hack it up around the greens and stuff. But I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. Before we get into the tiers though, Kenny, want to talk quickly about our very special offer we've got from DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a huge offer for this weekend's big game. All new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on either football team to win this weekend. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. That's right, bet just $5 on either team to win the big game. This weekend, DraftKings Sportsbook will give new customers an additional $280 in free bets if the team they choose wins. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet? You have something to play for this weekend. Everyone can play for their share of millions of dollars in total prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code FGD, and get 56 to 1 odds on this weekend's big game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, so let's get to these... Uh tiers let's start off in the 10k range we have jordan spieth all the way up to patrick cantley how you going this week tambo yeah like two out of the four right off the hop the obvious one is cantley talked about it earlier you know people talk about can't win the guy literally you know take away his memorial win take away the uh the players championship based on how the scoring sets up he still has two but he did come away on paper with four wins and he was literally the winner of the player of the year regardless of all those factors he got the job done so 
I don't think that's the case any longer. I think he makes a lot of sense at 11-2. I like starting up in this range for the majority. Daniel Berger, obviously defending champion, but we've talked about this a million times in the past. I know we've mentioned last couple weeks, Rick Gaiman brought it up about weighted strokes gained. Uh, sorry, strength of field, that sort of factors. And you look at Berger in the easy fields is when he does the best. This is definitely a much easier field. So I don't know. There's a little talk about him, you know, sort of laboring on Sunday and his back and sort of gingerly going about things, but he still had a pretty good you know, run out. I think if he's really hurt or anything like that, he would withdraw. So I'm okay with him. And then, like I said earlier, Zal Torres, definitely not betting him. But if you wanted to leverage up on one of these guys, Kent Lamberger, who should get most of the ownership up here, even Spieth could steal some ownership. There's a lot of narrative around last year is when he missed his last cut, was also at the Farmers. Then he got things right on this course and went from there and had his run till he got his win. So I think you can you know do a lot of things here. For me, it's Cantlay, then Berger. If you wanted to be different than one of those two, I think you could start with Zalatoris. Don't expect him to win, but hey, if those other guys fail and he comes through with another top five or top ten, that's going to be huge on DraftKings and the scoring that goes with it. So Cantlay, then Berger, and then you know third or least liked out of them would be would be uh, Zalatoris for me. Yeah, I'm playing um, Cantley. There's no doubt. The guy's just been playing good golf. You saw him uh, the last time out at the Pro-Am, uh, you know, was was in the lead for, you know, for 54 holes before sort of collapsing a little bit on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'm in on Cantley. I have no problem with him. I think I want to play the least owned between Berger and Spieth. Um, I'm not sure where that's going to end up uh, this week. I do like both of them, but I don't plan on playing three guys up here. Uh, so I think I'm going to make my decision based on ownership. If there was no ownership involved, I'd probably pay Spieth just because I'm a little bit worried about Berger. Uh, you know, he is a defending champion, so he might feel obligated to play here. Would he be playing here if he wasn't the defending champion? Uh, you know, with all the, the commitments that he has as a defending champion for the event, uh, you know, after you know back and, and wrist uh, problems is what I'm hearing, uh, but always be wary of the injured golfer. So he's still on my radar. Uh, so I, I'm going to see how it goes this week with people talking and the ownership ownership projections, either Cups Corner, Run Pure, uh, even Fantasy National, whatever ones you use, uh, I'll probably play the one that's going to be lower. Uh, so that's how I'm going to go about my 10K range this week. Uh, when it comes to 9K, uh, I'm going to start with three of my cash game cornerstones here. Uh, first one's going to be Jason Day at $9,900. If Day is serious and not bullshitting about being as healthy as he's felt in years, waking up in the morning and not remembering that he was injured at all anymore, if that is the truth, he could be someone to worry about. Uh, you, you know, he used to be the best player in the world, and injuries have really hampered him. Uh, he's changed his stroke. Uh, to try and make sure he has the longer term on the golf course without the injuries. And it looked like it was pretty good uh, last week, uh, you know, and he's coming off, uh, coming to a course where he is, you know, played well, even when he was injured, uh, even when he wasn't the Jason day of 2015, 2016. Um, and so I, I like day I'm betting him at 21 to one. He's the only guy I'm betting uh, shorter than 50 to one this week. Um, at least so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take him in cash. Uh, his course history, my cash game cornerstones this week are extremely 
course history related because my next one's going to be Maverick McNeely right underneath him at $9,800. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think a couple of top fives, a couple of top tens here, back to back. Uh, the guy, you know, is from this area, uh, not too far away. He's played this course a million times. Uh, his game has been steadily getting better. He's become more consistent uh, out there. Uh, you don't see as many missed cuts as he used to. Um, and I think, you know, coming back to a course that's comfortable, this is somewhere where I think he can win. Um, I'm not going to bet him because I have day. Uh, I'd rather have a, a, a proven guy uh, out there that's going to take my short, you know, my short odds money. Uh, and that's going to be Jason Day. But I will use Mav as my second cash game cornerstone. And I talked about him already. My third cash game cornerstone is Kevin Streelman. I really do think the fact that he's comfortable with his am playing partner and they are playing to win, you know, that event, I think is a big deal uh, when it comes to this thing. They're not, he's not lollygagging around with some bum for 54 holes. Uh, you know, he's playing with a really good golfer, a competitive athlete who wants to win. Uh, and so, uh, and Streelman, of course, his course history here is impeccable. Uh, so I, I, I'm going for those three guys as my cash game cornerstones. I like Rose in here again. He showed a lot last week. His uh, tee to green game, his iron game is strong. It looks like he's coming back a little bit. So I'll play Rose and GPPs. Yeah, I like a lot of what you said there. I, have a, I do have a couple different, though, to be honest. Just I, I get the stuff that you said, the course history and day and Streelman, it makes all sense for cash. Huh. I, I just don't trust it as much. Our guy, speaking of, uh, you know, the fill-in, resident fill-in last week, Ryan Baroff. Put out a, a thread today on Twitter. It's interesting to see a thread in the golf space. We don't see them very often in sort of the marketing and money-making Twitter spaces. You'll see them all the time. And they get a lot of retweets and hits and everything. But it was cool to see a golf one out there. And he posted, like, just the numbers on Day and McNeely. A little bit weary on them based on the fact it's a lot of short game. And, you know, but it's been repeated. So, and if, like you said, if Day is healthy. So, I get it. Uh, guys, for me, like, Tringali, 9,500. This is where I see that, yes, it's a price shock because the price – goes up and the field strength is down. We know that's why it is the case. But if you just look in general, he doesn't need to win. He could be, in your case, the third guy in. You could go Day, McNeely, Tringali if you wanted to. Instead, for me, it could be the second guy, Cantlay, Tringali. Like, you can set it up so much different, like, differently that you just still get him where he makes the cut, has a pretty good run out. The guy looked pretty good last week. Even, at, you know, the price bump is huge, 7,600 up to 9,500. But that's the field strength dictating that. So him, Seamus Power, another guy, I just think, look, he's already got the win. And now he's been playing some great golf coming in through things. I think he's a guy that could go overlooked just on the he other tires. He looked tired on Sunday. A little worried about that uh, with Seamus. This is going to be his, what, fifth event in a row? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, fourth, fourth or fifth event in a row. Uh, it, it's a lot of golf for him. Uh, slightly worried uh, yeah, about his stamina. Yeah, if we, I mean, we could do that for all the guys. Uh, you know, talent level, I'm basing it off that. I, I just think he could go overlooked here when you've got day mcneely rose looked good last week tringali looked good last week streelman who's going to get all the love like you mentioned so just it's a range where play who you want for me i like tringali power um a little bit of mcneely and streelman just based on the history like you said but i lean more to streelman than mcneely i just think streelman like you said it's just he knows the course so well he's gonna play good golf you know that's just what you come to expect i expect it to be the same way so those three for me all right ak range one of my favorite plays on the board um Going a little bit against the grain here because this is his first time playing this event. It's Christian Bazidenhut uh, at eighty, what eighty seven hundred dollars. The best wet, the best from one hundred 
to 150 in this field. Uh, you're going to see a lot of approach shots in that range. One of the better around the green guys in this field. His iron game has been really, really strong. I love him at 50 to one uh, this week. I like his price on DraftKings too. I'll be using him a bunch. Um, he is one of my favorite plays. GPP wise, I'm not sure how popular he is because a lot of people are going to be thinking my way, uh, you know, because I mean, the trends sort of speak out to it, but trends are meant to be broken. We'll see how it goes. I do like Bazid and Hoot uh, this week a lot. Uh, so he is one of my favorite plays on the board. Uh, so at 8,700, I like Hollywood Hoagie. I was just on the golf alternative podcast with Martin Mayu, AKA Sundog Monkey. <clears throat> it's a new pod that's out that blends music and golf together. Uh, let's just say my musical taste a little bit different than Martin, but go make sure you check it out uh, on, on all the, uh, the, 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 the podcast places to listen to. Uh, he's big on Hoagie. Uh, he talked about him, the iron game being strong, had a, a, you know, a really good finish here a few weeks ago. Uh, I will ride uh, Sundog Monkey's coattails uh, on, on Hoagie at 8,500. And Matt Jones at 8,000. A couple of missed cuts in a row, but we saw what he did uh, over there in Hawaii. Another guy who has done really exceptionally well on this course throughout the years using that course history narrative. I think his ownership will be suppressed. You could get a little bit of upside from him uh, this week, Tambo. Yeah, a couple of the guys at the top. You mentioned Bazudenhout. I know it's, like you said, first time, whatever. I just still think his game sets up well for it. So him at 8,700. Lanto at 8,800. Really like him. Uh, talk about good Sunday rounds, something we always love on this show. Had an incredible Sunday round to round things out. Last week was 7,700. Did not get the same bump considering the results. So I'm okay with that. I like just, you know, $1,100 bump. 8,800. I think he makes some sense here. Tom Hoagie, I love you were, you know, on that. I've actually bet him this week. As soon as I posted that tweet today, Feinberg posted on it. How about Hoagie? 75 to one. That, that made a lot more sense. I said, would rather that than some of the guys at 50 to one and less. So Hoagie, I like. And then Mito, Mito Pereira. This is a guy, you know, everyone's been on now, not talking about him as much. 8,300 bucks here. Three Corn Ferry Tour wins is three times more than Zalatoris. It's, I keep sliding this guy, Zalatoris. He's going to shove it in my face. Don't care, though. Mito is 8300 versus the price tag of 10-8 on Zalatoris. It's the guy that's got three Corn Ferry Tour wins and a couple close calls out on the PGA Tour. And in the strength of field, I think we could see more out of him there. Only other guy, I know uh, Hoffman withdrew last week. Him and McCarthy down at the bottom. I've got a little bit of interest in, but much more in Lanto, Bazudenhout, Hoagie, and Mito. All right, let's get to the 7K range table. Go ahead. Yeah, just doing 7,500 and up. I'm not that high on very many here, but um, Russell Knox, Putnam, Joel Damon, and then maybe, maybe, uh, well, Minwoo was kind of interesting too, but maybe a little two-glove rye. He started Saturday. I know it wasn't your usual Sunday final round, but Saturday final round, he started very shaky. And they, you know, that was probably part of the problem for the guys in that group because they had to watch him sort of chip it around everywhere. But uh, so maybe a pro-am won't feel that much different for Zalatoris since the amateurs will be doing what Rye was doing early on. But Rye did bounce back, had himself a pretty good finish. He's 7,900. I could play some of him. Knox, Minwoo, Putnam, and Joel Damon, to me, is the, the best play down here at 7,500 for this range. Just think about the, the coastal win he got himself, the game that he's had, the ability to go low, getting the rounds, everything that we've got here. And then stats-wise, comes through not just for the last 50 rounds, but when you tie it in with the last six months, Plenty of rounds in there as well. So I'm good with Joel Damon at 7,500. Yeah, I like Damon. I like three guys up top. Uh, I do like Michael Thompson 
uh, fifth and 11th and two out of his last three starts. Uh, the iron game has been looking pretty good, been good around the greens. Uh, so I do like Michael Thompson. Uh, I like uh, Lucas Glover. I've uh, been playing pretty well, you know, uh, ma- making a bunch of cuts, had a top 10 a couple weeks ago uh, at the last, uh, at the last pro-am, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Sony. It was Sony where he got the, where he got the top, uh, top 10. Been playing pretty good golf, gained strokes with his approaches in nine out of the last 10. Team no putt. We've seen it happen again. His putting's actually improved just a little bit, at least in the beginning of last year. It faded a little bit towards the end, but maybe it'll come back. Uh, and I do like Russell Knox uh, here. Another coastal course, short coastal course. That's that's sort of his thing. Uh, iron game, you know, I think he's made gain, gain approaches in seven of his last or five of his last six. Uh, he's had a top 10 couple weeks ago. So I like those guys uh, in the top and the bottom. Uh, not really big on anyone too much here. Uh, I think I'm going to play a Troy Merritt. That's another sun dog monkey pick from the uh, from the pot I was just on, so it's stuck in my head. Like another guy who just sort of comes out of nowhere on birdie fest, and I don't think the weather's going to be too bad, so this could turn into a birdie fest. Scott Stallings, uh, another guy really good on shorter par fours. There's a bunch of par fours from 400 to 450 yards. Uh, I do like Stallings. Pretty good track record here. 66 on Sunday. Uh this past week, he said he thinks he's he found something. We'll see what the, whatever the fuck that means, uh, you know. So so we'll see uh, if that comes to fruition this week. Who do you like in this lower seven K range? I've got a few, and uh, I think this just goes back to the thought process up top, strategy wise. Like I just noticed this too last week. Everyone's all about oh, everyone's going to be so popular and the chalk this, the chalk that. There was three guys over eighteen percent last week, and that included Rom, who we knew was going to be like thirty percent. So. You can get different. There's so many guys in this 7K range that everyone's going to have their choices. It's going to get spread out. And then, of course, some chalk gets there. Look, last week, Luke List, Tringali, uh, who else? A couple of the other guys I'm trying to think at the top that were there, um, J- uh, John Rahm himself. So just going through it, you can play some guys up top, even if they're owned, and then get different down here. For me, Patrick Rogers, I'll go back to the well at 7,400. Taylor Moore, I played Taylor Pendrith last week. He's down here as well. Saw someone say it today. I forget who it was. I apologize. But the, the land of the Taylors, Nick Taylor, Von Taylor. Now we flip it up the first names. Taylor Moore, Taylor Pendrith. I think they're good plays down here. Alex Smalley is another guy I've been playing, and he's still showing up at tournaments and just going under the radar, not getting any price bump at all. And then Pat Perez, we just talked about it earlier with Lanto with that Sunday round. Perez four under, but the ball striking was just off the charts for him. So almost five strokes on approach overall, five strokes tee to green, just an incredible form coming in. He's another guy to me that makes a lot of sense down in this range. What about Sahith Tigala? Got to be feeling pretty good. A nice little round out there on Sunday. Nice way to finish out the tournament and then walked off and got the Waste Management Phoenix Open sponsors invite. So he's probably feeling pretty good coming into here as well. You like him at all or anybody else down at sort of 7K even? Yeah, no, I didn't really look at him too much. Uh, we'll see where I go. I like a lot of these guys sort of in the upper 6K better. Uh, we'll go ahead and start. I, I like uh, Ryan Armour, again, short coastal course, top 20 last time out, six and a half strokes gain uh, with his irons. You see him with a lot of good back-to-back finishes. I mean, if you look through his career, uh, he finished, what, fifth of the Barbasol this past July Six the next week of the 3M Open. Uh, you go a little bit farther. <clears throat> six of the Travelers in 2020. The following week, fourth of the Rock and Mortgage. Uh, you know, it sort of seems like he does a thing where 
you know, 8th at Bermuda, 33rd at the OHL. He has these like two week spans where he's pretty good. Uh, and, you know, six and a half strokes game with his irons is one of the best he's ever done in his career. Uh, at the, uh, I think it was Sony a couple weeks ago, was one of my cash game cornerstones, worked out well for me. I'll go back to him on a short coastal course. Another guy I do like, Satoshi Kodaira, uh, same price this week. I'm a big fan of him uh, with his, you know, when you look at his uh, iron play, really, really strong with his wedges. His approach game has been pretty good, really good on shorter par fours. Another guy down here, Austin Eckbrot, $6,800. Again, probably top five best wedge player in the limited amount of time that we've seen him in this field. Uh, in the last 50 rounds, I guess he's only played about 30 rounds competitively, but his wedge game, very, very strong iron game, really, really strong comes in 11th in my model in, in, in you know, in the last 50 rounds. And I will go with my final cash game cornerstone. Uh, we're, we're digging deep this week. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I'm going 9,900, 9,800, 9,100 uh, for my first three guys, I got to go low. Uh, and it was tough. It was tough this week, but I'm going with, Old man Alex Chaco at 6,400 uh, came in second year last year, made seven of his last eight cuts at this event, won two majors last year. Now, old people majors, but still he won two majors last year, back to back. And it was on the heels uh, of coming in second here. So, you know, he likes the course, you know, his game is not over. I just need him to make the cut. At $6,400, play all four rounds. That's all I'm looking for. So my cash game cornerstones this week, they're going to be Jason Day at 9900 uh, Maverick Manili at 9800 Kevin Streelman at 9100 and Alex Chica at 6400 Team course history uh, still leaves you 14800 around there to finish out the rest of your lineup. So still plenty of room uh, out there to do your thing. Um, who do you like in the 6K range, Tamo? Are you allowed to leak it yet that you might be going on a special show on Friday? Because Alex Chaka having two majors is hey. like a Andercust level take right there. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything yet. I'll put it out on Twitter when it comes out. Okay, we'll leave it at uh, that. By uh, the way, just going back to forgot a bunch of guys in the 7K range, and I don't love as many 6K, so I'll fi- I'll finalize that. But uh, Scott Stallings had a great round on Sunday. Like his stuff coming in. Me too. Uh, Wyndham Clark, another guy that I think makes a lot of sense here. Grayson Sig, uh, three. So this is what I want to bring up. So you brought up Austin Eckbrot, and this is a little did you know segment. You brought it up. We use Fantasy National for the stats. We talk about it all the time. Go over to fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off. And this is the the running thing right now, Kenny, around the, the Twitter sphere of the last 50 rounds versus what did they actually do? Austin Eckbrot has only played. Uh, so in the last 50 rounds, he pops like crazy. Only, like you said, 30 competitively, but he only has 10 rounds in the last six months that he's played on the PGA Tour. So all those stats, like it's almost irrelevant. Past six months playing just 10 PGA Tour rounds, you go to Grayson Sig, 200 bucks more at 7,000. I don't care how popular he gets in our little bubble, 10%, 12%. I don't care. Three made cuts with better stats in just January alone has more rounds this month just going past than Eckroat has in the last six months on the PGA Tour. So that's just how it relates to models. You have to dig a little bit deeper when you're going into them. I suggest you get the membership so you can check out the tools. That's the guys for the 7K range. Dropping down, Mark Hubbard, 
uh, Paula Greens, just upside, three full rounds, all that. James Hahn, another guy that's going to pop in the tee to green stuff. Uline. There's not much down here, though, and that's why I said I wanted to bring up all those guys in the 7K range at the bottom there. I didn't even mention Vincent Whaley, Chad Ramey, Bramlett, who we just played last week, played good for three rounds and had a bad one. It happens, but all those guys in the 7K range can't have ownership. So they're it's going to be spread out, and there's lots of ways you can just finish out your lineups here, especially if you go that route you talked about using three 9K guys. You just have no reason to even need to go down there, but I get why you're doing it and you have a way you're fitting it. But if you want to go off Cheka and just have a different lineup, you could definitely just grab three 7K guys. So I'm good with that. Anything else that you want to talk about down here? Oh, good. Let's get to our bets for this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start. I basically told you guys all of them already. First, it's going to be Jason Day, uh, 20 to 1. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bet Day. Uh, Bazidin Hoot, 50 to 1. I got Michael Thompson, 80 to 1. Russell Knox, 80 to 1. This is all on DraftKings Sportsbook. You could probably get better numbers on those last two guys, but hey, I got to support uh, support the people who pay us. So DraftKings Sportsbook, that's the way to go. Uh, and then I think I'm going to do a top 40 on Ryan Armour at plus 230. Uh, I, I'm, I'll throw a little bit on him as well for an outright because it's there's nothing worse than having like a top 10, top 20, top 40 bet on a guy and that guy winning and you not having him as a winner. So he's 200 to 1. I'll throw a couple quid on him. Uh, and you can tell I was just on a pod with a British guy. Quid. Uh, but I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a couple quid. I'll throw a couple quid. Shout out Sundog Monkey on on on, uh, on armor. But I do like the the top forty plus two thirty bet a lot. It was just a fortnight ago that Kenny wasn't saying quid, but now uh-huh. he is. So that that's good. Uh-huh. I can't wait to tune into that pod. Love our boy Martin Sundog Monkey. We'll have him on here again in the future, but. For me, man, it's tough. I, I got one I'm thinking about. I didn't pull the trigger on a couple of these, but I'll tell you, the ones I did pull the trigger on, Lanto, 55 to 1. It drifted from early on. It was 40, went to 55. That's my, right now, that's the lowest odds that I have. Uh, Hoagie, 75 to 1. I talked about that one earlier. Sig, 125 to 1. And Putnam, 125 to 1. Top five each way on all of those. The guy that came out after that I talked this morning to Bear off about was ended up being Ben Coley, the Coley cover boy. And that's Matt Fitzpatrick. You can get him at 40 to one. Look, it's like Zalator. Like, so this is the other thing about it last week. I'm going to shut on him one last time. Zalatoris last week, even if you were betting him, I know people had him at like 35 or something. And I said, I was way wrong. I said, I'm a bet Brooks. Cause I can't imagine clicking a number, the same one on Zalatoris. He almost shoved it back at, at me last week, but you could get Luke List, who is Zalatoris with more experience, the same damn guy. Go back to the Spider-Man pointing gif and get him at a way better number. I think people had him at 80 to 1. That, to me, is the same thing here. Why would you bet Zalatoris at 18 when you could just bet Fitzpatrick at 40? The guy also doesn't have a win on the PGA Tour, but he has seven wins on the European Tour. He's got the game. It's sort of the same setup for me. I didn't bet it yet, but I'm really thinking about that one. The other thing I didn't bet that I'm thinking about is these Hubbard and Watney bombs. I seen Mayo post him out earlier. Hubbard's like 350. Watney's like 500. And he tells a little bit of a story. If you don't have Mayo's newsletter yet, you got to get it. I forget exactly what it is, but go on his Twitter. He posts about it and tweets it out. Get on the newsletter because he had all the tidbits in there about Watney. And the thing is with me starting Atlanta at 55 and then almost just jumping to the hundreds, you could add three or four of these bombs and just hope that you get one right. So definitely considering that as well. And then of course, the in-play betting, Kenny, just to round it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be live betting. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't, I don't post them all because, I mean, I'm just not 
as good at it yet. You know, I'll post a couple, but I mean, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I can start getting better at these live events. I did hit last week, so uh, so we'll we'll see how it goes. All right, anything else we need to talk about? One and done. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if you're allowed to share. I think you ended up having a winner recently, so you must I, be winning I, I, the tournament. I mean, I'm in, I'm in fourth place in the carbon contest. One and done right now. So like, hell no, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm just playing. I'm probably gonna go Jason Day or Cantley. I might go day because uh, you're you're betting him and just thinking about it in general. I'm definitely not going Zalatoris. I'd like to find someone that could win here. So we'll we'll keep saying it and see what ends up happening. But maybe that's a hedge day for me. I don't think I'm going to play much. So maybe I'll go day. Streelman would be the other guy, like you said. You just rack up the dollars if you don't want to be too. You'll be owned for sure, but just get the points early and grab up what you can for money. And who knows? Maybe him and Larry Fitz put it together again, win the pro am and the event again. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But that's all I got for this week, Kenny. All right, that sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you can find my write-up every week on GupsCorner.com. Uh, use promo code Kenny uh, to save yourself 30% on a membership, which includes a seven-day risk-free trial. If you don't fuck with it, you can just quit. Uh, but you'll love it. It's great tools, great articles, ownership projections, everything you need right there over on Gups Corner. And there might be an announcement here soon about me being on some show here. Uh, with with Pat uh, coming up, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Anyone good at math can probably put two and two together and find out what that equals. But we'll wait for the announcement. I'm excited for sure. You guys know where to find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. And of course, Run Pure Sports, RunPureSports.com. Go over there. Use promo code DGEN50 D E G E N five zero. Get yourself fifty percent off your first month. Check it out. Same thing. Every sport, all sport every show all of my stuff as far as premium golf content goes wednesday show coming up starting this week everything to go with that so check us out all right that sounds good it's a program it's going to be long uh hopefully it's enriching so let's win some motherfucking money dj nation i've been getting dirty money jordan belfer stacking penny stocks while i'm flipping these birds sipping on syrup trip them up with the words I'm about to molly and I think it'll be my third.